Hi, I'm JP. And I'm Adam. I've never seen Lost. I have. I'm told that it's good. I liked it. I'm told that it made sense. Sort of. But we're watching it out of order. So it definitely won't make sense. But it might still be good. Since we won't expect it to make sense, we'll still be able to appreciate each episode on its own merits as a one-hour story. Sometimes two or three. As opposed to just a fraction of an ongoing, sprawling, and increasingly complex tangle of relationships, personal stories, mysteries, mythologies, experiments, social dynamics, unnatural disasters, unanswered questions, and hot tropical hookups. Are you okay? I'm not sure. Because you lost me a little bit there at the end. Good, because I've been lost since the beginning. We're, We're lost, lost on Lost. Welcome everybody to Lost on Lost. My name is Adam Busher and I'm joined as always by the Lost on Lost MVP JP3. Uh, that, that's, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nah. I didn't know we we're doing I didn't know we we're doing nicknames. All right, cool. But before we get started, I want to take the take a moment to announce the first official Lost on Lost listener trivia contest. Now, on the what? day that this episode drops, episode 15th, we will post on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter an official trivia contest post. Once you see that post, all you have to do is DM us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and answer the following trivia question. In the pilot of Lost, what was the flight number of the plane that crashed on the island? For the first 250 people to answer correctly, I will send you JP's credit card number. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. We we need to talk about this ahead of today, time. Today we're talking about homecoming. 15. My numbers are four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two. Read the pen too. Four twenty sixty nine. <laughs> today we're talking about homecoming, the fifteenth episode of season one, and the fifteenth episode overall. Our centric character on a back to back tour of Lost on Lost is everybody's favorite bassist slash backup vocalist Charlie Pace. Homecoming takes place on the 27th, 28th, and 29th day after the midair breakup and crash of Oceanic Flight 815. <laughs> 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 JP, yeah. got a recap for me? I sure do. What's that? Homecoming focuses on the world's worst grifter and employee of the month, Charlie. After Charlie reunites with the group, trouble lurks in the jungle as Ethan assaults our sweet, sweet gin. Listen, you can do whatever the fuck you want to Claire, but mister, if you so much as touch one hair on Jin's perfect head, I will stomp on your head like Michigan J. Frog. What was I saying? Uh, yeah, uh, Ethan wants Claire for some reason. That That's really about it. Uh, Vincent the dog returns. The editors get to use all those slow dissolves and sunset shots they've been saving up. And in the words of Clarence Boddicker from RoboCop, guns, guns, guns. <laughs> we have a guest. Uh, again, as we do. <laughs> again. Again. <laughs> what? <laughs> again. Um, and I still don't know if we're doing uh, last names. So I'm going to say our guest is Tom. Welcome, Tom. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Happy to have uh, you, man. Yeah, Tom, uh, I don't know how to describe you because you are a world traveler, a researcher, a, 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 a mountain man, a sailor, a uh, actor, all sorts of things. Um, Thanks, man. How would you describe yourself succinctly? God, I feel like you always like hype me up so much. I, <laughs> um, I, I would say I'm a research scientist. Okay. I, okay. Um, in the field of conservation psychology. So basically I do... Um, You're smarter than us. We get it. Okay. <laughs> I do. So I do research related to um, attitudes about environmental issues. Which is amazing and awesome. Thanks. And like yeah. Tom is also voted most likely of podcast guests to be able to survive on the island. So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't care who else we have on the show. I don't care if John Locke comes on the show. Tom's Tom's voted higher than him. I, th I think that the, Tom, you're also our uh, second guest who uh, either has a postgraduate degree or is in postgraduate studies. So, oh, cool! Um, bring a little a little yeah. cloud <laughs> for sure. Nice. Uh, so, Tom, uh, tell us a little bit about your background with the show Lost. Did you watch it in its original run? Were you a fan? Have you seen it before? I, so I have not seen it. Um, Perfect. Adam, let me know if this seems right to you. But okay. so I think you were watching it for the first time when we were living together. And I I think that at the time, the show was maybe on like season three-ish. That tracks. Yeah. That, the and timeline so, of yeah. our, our former roommate-ness. Roommate 
yeah does fall in line about yeah about 2006 2007 2008 ish yeah so i definitely missed the pilot but i think um i think i caught maybe like three-ish consecutive episodes at some point in the middle of the season plus a couple other random episodes from season one and then maybe like an episode or two from seasons two and three um so i like like the faces look familiar. I know some of these characters. Like it wasn't hard to remember some of these characters' names, but I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> Good, neither do we. Basically, uh, I was lost on Lost before it was cool. Oh <laughs> shit! Whoa! <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah. Well, what uh, what kind of stuff do you uh, typically like to watch, Tom? Well, I, I know for our listeners that uh, listen to us and Nuke from Orbit, you were recently on a. Uh, an episode of their podcast as yeah. one of their like uh, comic experts. I would definitely say that you are a, <laughs> yeah. a fan of comic books and a comic expert. Yeah. What 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 kind of stuff do you typically uh, watch or read to uh, pass the time? I mean, I do consume a lot of Marvel content for sure. I would say like my number one jam for TV is definitely Firefly. Hell oh yes. yeah, brother. Um, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think a good decent mix of stuff. I like sci-fi i mean i i guess i would say i avoid horror but i'm otherwise pretty much open to whatever awesome 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 well we are very interested to see what you have to say about homecoming yeah let's talk about homecoming um homecoming was written by damon lindelof uh and directed by kevin hooks uh damon lindelof you will of course remember from the smash hit daniel craig vehicle cowboys and aliens jesus christ which is a movie i saw in the theater (laughs) Kevin Hooks, uh, on the other hand, directed a shitload of Prison Break uh, and also Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes. Have have we seen him before on Lost or no. have we seen any of his episodes? Okay, because I was going to say this episode visually feels very I, different than I, a lot yeah, of the other ones. And I have a couple of notes throughout that I, I want to touch on when we get to him. Um, but yeah, uh, I looked him up after I finished watching the episode. He, he directed two episodes of Lost. Uh, this one and White Rabbit, which we have not done yet. All right. Uh, so yeah, so so yeah, so let's talk about it. Homecoming with uh, with Charlie Pace. Charlie wakes up in the caves, um, startled by the noise of Locke dragging a still pregnant Claire back into the caves. No, he starts waking up to people saying, "Where's Jack? Where's Jack?" No. And then me in the background saying, "Fuck it, Jack doesn't solve all your problems, folks. Think for yourselves. Come on." <laughs> We have a big problem with Jack on the show, Tom, because <laughs> okay. especially in the first half of the show, he's too, too perfect. He does yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. needs Jack for, for all actions. What's that term? Uh, Mary Sue is he's like, is that the right term or am I using that wrong? Like he can do everything. He's fucking invincible. Like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But so we've seen her get snatched and now we've seen her get brought back. We haven't seen anything in between. And so I don't know if that would have helped us, but I don't well, they, they say <laughs> that she's been gone for about two weeks. Yeah. Um, Which, and that e- Ethan pretended to be one of them. And so we haven't seen any of that. Yeah. And so, and I looked at it. This is, this is episode 15. All the best Cowboys was 11. So that's four episodes in which they cover that two week period, maybe. I don't know. I was always under the impression that Lost in the first season only covered like a day or two per episode right and maybe that was not the case for this stretch of episodes here but whatever anyways but yeah so uh claire's back and she doesn't uh she doesn't remember any of the other survivors she doesn't remember she remembers that she was in a plane and that it crashed and mm-hmm. that's about it so everything else is is very jarring and, and it's it's all new to her and she's who are these people what do you want from me what's going on um, she has the opportunity to make a new first impression and doesn't exactly knock it out of the park. <laughs> oh, also, Tom, I hate Claire, so. Okay, good to know. Yeah, she's, I actually, you know, she has quite a bit of redeeming qualities in this episode because she's not just the pregnant lady that's there to be the pregnant lady, but we'll get into that. It's like if you were to reverse rank the the utility of the survivors, she's second from the bottom, probably. Like, who's at the bottom? Shannon, maybe. Oh, (laughs) Vincent the dog's like fourth from the top. (laughs) It's like number one, Jin. Number two, Locke. Number three, Vincent. Number four, Jin again. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. 
<laughs> so, uh, Tom, having <laughs> almost no frame of reference for yeah. how any of this goes, like, so how did this this moment here, the beginning prior to the lost title card coming up, like, how did you how did you deal with that? How did it <laughs> settle with you? I actually think I feel like this is maybe a particularly good episode for someone who has not seen the rest of the show because Claire has no idea what's going on. Like, she's sort of in the same spot that I am as a viewer. Oh sure, yeah. Okay. You're both fish out of water in this in this uh, instance, so things need to be re-explained. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like the questions that she's asking are like the exact same questions I'm asking, right. and I, I actually I wonder if that like sets me up to see the episode a little bit more from her point of view, just because like maybe yeah, because we both know the same amount basically. Maybe. Well, it it's so weird because this is a Charlie episode in the fact that we have Charlie flashbacks. However. So much more of the action centers around Claire, but then a huge chunk of sort of the third act is dedicated to Jack and Jack's revenge versus Ethan. It's a very, you know, we, we've seen, uh, Tom, for your edification, we've seen Ethan and Jack fight and their fight in this episode is very reminiscent of their fight in the previous episode and like the rain and all that. So it's it's very muddled in terms of, yeah, it's a Charlie episode, but only because his flashbacks are in it. Yeah, even Jack yeah, f- yeah, yeah. finds a way to make a Charlie episode about him. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank God, because Charlie's not doing much for his own episode here. This episode drags. Oh, boy. Um, so we come out of the title card. Uh, yeah, Claire can't Claire can't remember anything, and she's just sort of, like, reiterating that to people. Like, I don't know what's going on. Cla- like, Charlie, Jack, everybody's like, you know, what do you, what do you remember? Blah, blah. We cut to Sun and Jin um, off to the side. <laughs> yeah. Two other fish out of water. Um, just kind of observing from the from the side. Uh, uh, still speaking uh, Korean. Um, Jin asks her a couple of questions. Sun tries to answer his questions as best she can. Um, you know, I think, I feel like there's some missed opportunities here for for someone who's coming from my position of not knowing what's going on, they also can kind of be substitutes for the audience to be like, hey, what do you think's going on? Except like so little is given. The conversation is like, you know, what, what do you think's happening? And the other one's like, I don't know. It's probably fine. You know, <laughs> like that's sort of like the extent of what we get. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to jump forward here. But in uh, one of their later conversations, um, Jin's basically like, yeah, I got a fucking rock to the chest Mm -hmm. uh, because some shit that they're doing off in the woods yeah and it that's such an amazing little moment it's seriously i mean it's if it's 20 seconds i'd be surprised but yeah i mean Jin gets messed up in all this stuff because he's a very skilled fisherman he seems to to be pretty good at survival stuff but he does not speak the language he's Mm -hmm. involved in zero drama here but because he's a very fit guy you know he's used as a resource and therefore is caught up in all of these shenanigans but it's like yeah I I don't speak the language I don't know what all of these (laughs) idiots are up to here but now I'm getting rocks slingshotted at me in the woods and it's like that's an amazing point of view to have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. like, I didn't ask for any of this. I'm just trying to survive on this fucking island. I don't know what John Locke's up to. Like, I don't know what, what you know, smoke monster is or whatever. Yeah. There, 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 there's a brief right as their scene wraps up. He asks her uh, about the baby and she is uh-huh. like, uh, I think the baby's probably fine. And he gives her yeah. a weird look because he maybe thinks she knows more than she's letting on. There's got to be some sort of weird stuff happening between the two of them that we have learned zero about, not only in this episode, but on the podcast either. Because um, I think the only Sun or Jin episode we saw was from season two. <laughs> yeah. Cut to Locke and Boone. Um, th- this this episode cuts a fucking ton. A you, fucking you mentioned lot. it in the, in the recap, but God damn, this thing bounces around like a pinball. Cut to Lock and Boone. Yeah, Claire was missing for about two weeks. Um, they're like, we were way out there. We didn't see anything. And then, you know, Boone, talk about useless. <laughs> Cut to Ch- Charlie and Claire. Um, they And this is where they talk about uh, the kidnapping. Claire fills her in sort of on the stuff that happened from the episode All the Best Cowboys, where uh, Ethan came in and took them both. Um, and uh, hung up Charlie. He knocked the dust off of Jack. Yeah, which which he doesn't tell her. Which I think like he's he's doing his best to protect somebody who's clearly had some a, a sense of trauma or whatever. But she's, so she's like, "Well, what happened to you?" And he's like, "Oh, I'll tell you later, I guess." And yeah, there's. Oh, I mean, 
Again, I don't mean to jump ahead, but we understand Charlie's motive toward the end of this, but there's so much of not informing Claire. And it's one of those, we've talked about it before, if people would just be straightforward, if people would Mm. be adults, if people would communicate and be like, this is the situation, this is what we're trying to accomplish, or this is the threat at hand, things would happen much more streamlined. Right, that seems fair. Right, because the thing that Charlie does not tell Claire here is that Ethan, yeah, hung him, uh, hanged him by his neck from a fucking vine. So, I I mean, I guess I buy why Charlie didn't tell her, but because it is kind of a harrowing story, but the amount to which Claire is kept in the dark throughout this episode is frustrating to me. I can understand why she was frustrated. Right. Full. This is our, and then we cut to our first flashback. Uh, Charlie and a dude named Tommy do heroin. <laughs> is, wait, is that his name? Tommy do heroin? Yeah, Tommy do, Tommy do heroin. Tommy do heroin all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sorry. These two gentlemen are the worst grifters this plan makes no sense. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. Go go to this woman's dad's house. Wait, no. Instead of just seduce her first. First, make her fall in love with you, which that should be hypothetically the easiest part of the plan because you're a celebrity. Sure. And then. Well, you're well I mean, oh, yeah, you're the bassist. Yes. Seduce her. Go to the house and steal something. Right. Okay. Right. Sure. The problem is you're a famous person. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't take much to add two and two together. Oh, I slept with this pseudo famous bassist and the next day something was missing. I wonder who the fuck it was. Or Charlie screws it up and then becomes part of her life. Well, OK, once you leave and then something is missing that you're even more suspect at that point. Instead, they should just be like, oh, that's the that's the, the rich guy's daughter. Let's just go to that house and rob it. Like, the, this plan has no legs. Right, right. I mean, you know who would co- who else would come up with this con plan? Sawyer. This is a classic idiotic <laughs> Sawyer con plan. I mean, con, he, he runs this same basic con and other shit, and, and, but it works for him because ain't nobody know who Sawyer is. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's yeah. absolutely true. Uh, Tom, can you name three famous bassists off the top of your head? No. <laughs> okay, well then all right, maybe Charlie's plan would have worked a little bit. <laughs> I I guess it's it's a little bit unclear to me how famous he is. Like I, so I guess clearly the band is a big enough deal that they're in the jukebox. Mm-hmm. So that's saying something. But like I, it also seems like are they past their heyday? Like are, I mean, yeah, yes. I mean, you come to see later in the episode, he explains that they're on like this extended hiatus because the, the other member of the band had a baby or whatever. But like, I always saw them at like they're 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 written as sort of like a version of Oasis, basically. Okay. Um, they're two brothers who run the band, and then they get drunk, and then they slap each other, and then whatever. But yeah, like the best days for Drive Shaft are definitely behind them. But they like unless I don't, I'm not an Oasis fan. I don't know how many hit albums they had. Driveshaft had an album <laughs> and, and a hit single. Single. Like, yeah. You could compare their success level to maybe the darkness. <laughs> but yeah, horrible plan. Cut back to the beach. Oh, Saeed, Locke, Jack, and Charlie are on the beach and they're talking about um, – Oh, it's possible that Claire was returned. Saeed pitches the idea that maybe Ethan let Claire go as a mole or a spy or something like that. And Charlie gets all wound up about that. The most important thing that I wrote about about this scene was actually the camera work, which which we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I I, I don't know. They're whipping around a dolly uh, that is not level. You can see when it transitions from track piece to track piece. the, the dolly also hits end moving. of travel and comes back and like it just there, there's a lot of really weird camera stuff that happens in this one. I'm not going to go into every little instance of it, but the, visually this episode felt very different. This this And this was the scene where I first noticed how different it looked um, mm-hmm. later on. Like it was my f- feelings about reinforced with the dissolves and stuff. But like, oh, my God. <laughs> fucking Yeah, it's they were so slow. And like, oh, we got these pretty sunset shots that we probably had left over from the pilot. (laughs) (laughs) Back when we had time to shoot things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, another scene where not much happens. I mean, the camera camera does a shitload. 
Again, Saeed is bringing up some valid points mm-hmm. and concerns. I feel like, you know, John and Jack have some good conversations later on where they're like, okay, no, let's actually talk this out. Let's, let's, we're, we're finally having conversations. That's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. At this point, Charlie heads back to the caves and runs into Jim. And this is where he's like, <laughs> you, you know, you're so lucky to not be caught up in it. You know, you don't speak English, so you don't have to put up with the bullshit, the, the, <laughs> the tree shaking behemoth, the whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then yeah, he just talks at him. Yeah. Uh, Tom, Tom. You, you've traveled around the globe quite a bit. Do you find that just speaking English at people tends to help? Just sort of monologuing at them endlessly. <laughs> does it does it help get your point across? No, I, I don't know. I what? mean, maybe you read something into tone. It's a, I can kind of see how it's like a natural human instinct, though, to be like, I'm here with a person and I would like to communicate with them. And even knowing that we'll fail, it's like still instinct to do it. Maybe um, that's stop. Stop <laughs> reinforcing the bad habits of these people. <laughs> okay. I hate Tom. Please. <laughs> Sorry. The thing that's funny about this scene is that Charlie says, you're, you're so lucky to not be involved. And then he, of course, gets schwacked in the dome with a rock. Oh, well, he, he got it in the chest. Oh, I thought. He? Okay. Yeah. I mean, he probably just knocked the wind right either, out of the way. though. But that, that, the sound. <laughs> that's got to suck. Yeah. That's got to suck so fucking hard. I had a th- yeah. What is with that sound? Like, because you have no idea what it is at first. Right. I mean, I guess it, you find out it's the sling. I guess. Yeah. But like, they're yeah. looking around, like they can't tell what it's like, what it is, or where it's coming from. And then well, the rock I, hits him in the chest, and he gets knocked out. I mean, might have collapsed a lung or something <laughs> at that point. I mean, I I think Jin knows exactly what it is. He has this look of oh fuck no. I, I know what that is. That's bad. And it's either him or Charlie that's going to get dropped like a fucking sack of potatoes. And unfortunately, it was our beautiful, beautiful Jin. <laughs> Did nothing wrong. Oh. Oh. Except have perfect hair. Right. God, those cheekbones. <laughs> His hair only gets better as the show goes on, too. It's wildly unfair. Unlike, unlike actual time and actual hair in real life. Where your hair tends to get worse <laughs> as time goes by, his only gets better. So yeah, so that we we get our look at the uh, Ethan back back from wherever um, stalks out of the jungle. He's covered in blood and mud, and he's damp. And <laughs> he's got scratches on his face. He, uh, and yeah, he he throws Charlie up against a tree and is like, "Hey, you're gonna bring Claire to me. Otherwise, I'm gonna kill somebody. If you don't bring her to me tomorrow, I'll kill somebody, and I'll keep killing somebody." Until you're the last one, which I guess I would want to clarify. Does that mean you're going to kill Claire, too? <laughs> and then me? Or does is Claire not in this equation? I just want to know where we stand with the order of death. That would have been some shit if Charlie would have been like, can you? I have, a, I have some questions. <laughs> just does, does that include Vincent the, the dog? Right, the dog. Just holding him up off the ground. Ethan. Yeah. Like. We saw in all the best cowboys, Ethan just like beat the ever living piss out of Jack. Yeah, um, and here, yeah, just picks up Charlie by his throat. It's not like Charlie's like a little like paper yeah, doll off the person. ground. Yeah, yeah. one handed. Yeah. Well, and which of course is reminiscent of the fact that Ethan hung Charlie up right. by the neck. And okay, a little heavy handed with the symbolism there, but um, <laughs> and we see later on. I mean, Jack, Jack lands a series of punches right on Ethan's face and he keeps fighting like this guy is not to be messed with for you Tom this is your first look at the bad guy I think like as an audience member to like follow the narrative you need to have like some grasp on how dangerous he is or like the level of threat that he possesses and I feel like it's it's like not even clear yet if it's supernatural or something like when you see Mm -hmm. him lift Charlie off the ground Mm -hmm. I mean, we're like, is this like, is this supposed to be superhuman strength or like the idea that he can attack the entire group of survivors and, and like pick them off or like, th- like as a group, they can't defend against him. So it's, it seems like he is a very real threat, but it's totally unclear as to like how or why. Yeah. Well, and, and even for us, that's not clear because when he kills Scott or Scooter or whatever the fuck his name was, <laughs> Steve, um, Scott, yeah, whatever, <laughs> uh, like they're like his neck was broken in both of his arms or something like that. It's bones, like, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. how much time did you have alone with, with Steven? Like what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. This, yeah. Whether, whether or not Ethan has some sort of superhuman strength. I mean, he might, we don't know in the show, but uh, that's a very good point to bring up. Mm-hmm. Tom. Yeah. Cut to the next scene. Ch- uh, Charlie Jack Locke. Um, I, d- I titled the scene, the war room. Um, <laughs> 
the the conversation is tense. It's a little defensive, but actual conversation and strategy about what to do in order to either defend themselves or go on the offensive against Ethan. And I must say that that was a a breath of fresh air (laughs) compared to Jack and Locke's normal strategy on how to deal with uh, protecting the survivors. But Jack still does that fucking jackass defensive thing Mm -hmm. because he's like, well, uh... I, if if that doesn't work, what's what's your idea, John? Yeah. Just because he pointed out that your plan isn't good doesn't necessarily mean that he has the answers right, right now. He's just saying this plan obviously has some flaws. Right. Like, don't get all fucking butthurt about it, Jack. Right. Just let's let's try and be constructive here. Like, I like the fact that they were talking, but yeah, Jack was still defensive throughout of it. Throughout it, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, because in you know any other episode, they would just be, Jack be like, "Well, I'm gonna go fuck kill Ethan." Lock would be like, well, "I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna circle the wagons." Be like, "Fine, you do that, Lock. Fine, Jack. Fine, fuck you. <laughs> You're not my real dad." <laughs> oh, like that's what it would have been. I, that's what I was expecting, and I didn't get that, and so that was kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, at, at least they did talk it out, mm-hmm. and we formulated a plan. Okay, mm-hmm. we can deal with that. Cut to the caves. Jin uh, and Sun. This is the Jin and Sun moment where, <laughs> and Jin, yeah, Jin is continually mm-hmm. frustrated with his isolation from the group, even though you know he's there and he's living with them. He's he's he, all by himself. Speaking, he's got Sun, and it's just them. But even at this point, you start to get the idea that maybe she's finding a way to ingratiate herself and communicate with the other survivors, mm-hmm. leaving him yeah. alone in in a lot of ways. Um, and he's starting to have a lot of resentment for the rest of the survivors for getting him all tangled up in their shenanigans. <laughs> and I don't blame him. Then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the next bit is where Claire starts to get the stank eye from everybody. Claire is trying to just kind of settle back into life with the group. And she's getting the stank eye from everybody, including a very wonderful performance from a woman carrying two water bottles who I'm just going to call Karen because she has the most Karen face seen. It's just this like, uh. Uh, but people are distrusting of her because mm-hmm. she's been missing and she doesn't remember what's going on. And a word is kind of getting around, I yeah, guess like a little bit. Said's theory might be circulating amongst the survivors. Yeah. But I feel like is. Is there any way that this wasn't going to happen, that she was going to find out? Like, if you're telling the survivors, the other survivors, what the situation is about, like, the threat from Ethan, like, unless you specifically tell them not to tell Claire, which seems not to have been the case, then, like, like, of course she's going to find out, right? Well, and isn't it better that she knows so she doesn't just wander off into the woods by herself and be like, oh, I'm going to go look for some fucking mangoes or whatever. And then Ethan's just like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it's it's imperative as adults that we communicate that to the other fucking adults. Yeah. Cutting into the flashback, uh, flashing back to Charlie and Lucy's first date. Uh, back to her place, we see Charlie start oh to case God. the joint a little bit. Um, little, little sl- uh, really quick, going back to when he's hitting on her in the bar, he said something about Jane Austen wouldn't approve. Charlie, name three Jane Austen books. Fucking do it. I dare you. Uh, Pride, uh, it's yeah. sequel, Prejudice, and then the uh, final <laughs> book in the trilogy, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> two Pride, Two Prejudice. <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a real sly uh, original British office reference slid under the door here. Oh, is there? Yeah, uh, she just says that he's off buying a paper company in Slough. The the uh, original <laughs> office with Ricky Gervais was set at a paper That's company um, in Slough. Maybe there weren't references amazing. in the office. I didn't go and look mm. up what time the original office was on the air, but that's what I I think that that's what they were doing. Not that that fucking that seems matters. Right. Lucy's dad has a bunch of swag sh- from uh, the bunch of British Imperials, uh, including Winston yeah, Churchill. Just hanging out on the fucking end table too not even in like a glass case or something like hey sure hope somebody doesn't fucking steal this that would that would have to be hard to fence right it'd be like you know it's like that's so too yeah how do you exactly like how do you prove that it is what it is like who owned it right Right. like how it's not like there's a certificate with it like right and and say say they can't say the the fence does look at me like oh a suite of winston churchill cigarette case um i know exactly who owned this before uh you stole it (laughs) well okay so like and the idea that like all right well they're junkies right Right. so they they need Mm -hmm. to turn profit quick so that they can 
get their get get the junkie fix or whatever. <laughs> uh, I know about drugs, but like, okay, <laughs> yeah, you're you're clearly not gonna get what this thing is worth mm-hmm. because you're fucking buffoons right. and you haven't exactly thought this grift through. Mm-hmm. So like, why go for this big ticket item that you're not gonna get its its total value for? Just go down to the fucking Seven Eleven and steal some fucking Hoobastank albums and then sell those on the corner. You know what I mean? Like, uh, is Hoobastank a thing? I don't know. But Can you buy uh, Hoobastank CDs at a 7-Eleven? Who knows? I don't know, but like, why, why are you trying to go for this like heist of the century when it's like you're probably better off doing petty crime? Right. Because it's going to be faster and you're going to get the money for your drugs. Right. Yeah. Well, and like you said earlier, this plan makes no sense. Charlie and Tommy, no. not the criminal masterminds you uh, they hope they would be. No, not at all. But I guess also, like, as a former member of a very famous band, is there is there not, like, some other employment opportunity? Like, even if it's not his ideal situation. Right. Like, he like, has not yet, like, he hasn't yet attempted to have a solo career. He hasn't, like, you know, tried to, like, leverage his fame in any other way. Right. No. Like, he, like he, could, he could be a session musician. Like, he could play the bass at a fucking recording studio for other bands and just get paid well, that yeah. way. Everywhere we go, and I understand that he's the songwriter, but he's, like... Everyone seems to have some, like, tertiary knowledge that he's a celebrity of some sort. Like, go sign a bunch of autographs. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Sell sell your your shitty Chuck Taylors and be like, oh, these these were Charlie's Chuck Taylors selling these for 50 bucks. Boom. Get your drugs. Cut to to the kids. Guys, if we were all, like strung out on crank we'd be able to facilitate yeah. our drug problem way better yeah, than charlie because we wouldn't I've be always felt here. that way yeah we wouldn't be out here <laughs> trying to snatch winston churchill's uh, cigarette case from some rich lady's dad we'd yeah. have better ideas <laughs> or just like steal her credit card or something i don't know like there's got to be right there way. that's such a better idea <laughs> <laughs> how long did that take to think of that in almost no time at all <laughs> Tom, I've always, you know, I've known you for years, and I've always thought, now there is a guy that could sustain a drug habit right there. <laughs> Thank you. Right? Yeah. Oh, uh, cut, cut to the caves. Kate and Jack. Uh, Jack has a stash of guns from Marshall. Kate suggests doling them out. Jack says he's not going to hand them out to a bunch of untrained uh, gun users. Okay. <laughs> Again, why is Jack in charge of everything? I mean, I'm sure we'll see this at some point, but why is Jack also in charge of the guns mm-hmm. and not on top of everything else? Mm-hmm. But this does get addressed, but in big, bold letters, I wrote, nine millimeters in untrained hands. You have Sawyer, who killed a polar bear with a handgun. Saeed, a Republican, former Republican guard, John Locke's survival man, and you, Mr. Perfect. And who ends up with the guns? Those four people exactly. Yeah. Like who did yeah like who did Jack think Kate was give the four guns to uh, Rose, uh, Vincent, um, the kid yeah Walt <laughs> and yeah. Um, and the and the marshal yeah and the marshal who's dead at this point <laughs> give one to Ethan no wait oh wait, shit <laughs> we cut to Locke Said and Boone uh, who are setting up defenses they they set up some alarms some bags of uh, aluminum cans uh, they're gonna set up some fires they're setting up guards Tom you've you've spent some time in the woods have you ever been in a situation where you've had to like impromptu set up no. some sort of perimeter uh, defenses no, or snares or anything like that no I've never had to be in a situation like that I I could not actually even tell what that was supposed to be the like trash bag trap thing like I, it does not seem that loud to me. Right. And like, if you're there sitting at the perimeter, you know, where there is a fire, like looking out anyway, I don't know. It's not clear to me what this is doing for you. Maybe mm-hmm. it's supposed to be covering a part of the jungle that they're not watching or that won't be lit by a fire. But yeah, you brought up a good point that I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that wasn't that loud. <laughs> <laughs> did did somebody, uh, did somebody hear like a, a bunch of cans? <laughs> trash bag uh, uh, i think somebody uh, no. just trashed there's nothing tri- go back to sleep honey <laughs> right. i think somebody just tripped over sawyer's stash of empty aluminum cans yeah uh cut to flashback charlie has dinner with lucy and lucy's dad uh charlie correct me if i'm wrong like the dad and the daughter the actor and actress are 10 years apart in age oh, maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's this, fair. Right here, this is this is an opportunity to take a, a little little part and fill it with a phenomenal actor. Uh, they should have cast somebody as the dad that would have just killed this scene, and they didn't. 
<laughs> yeah. Everybody name an actor that would have made this scene better. Go. Anyone from Firefly. <laughs> Hugh Laurie. <laughs> I, I was going to say Jack Davenport, but now not from 2007. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody with some any sort with of personality. Any, yeah, any sort of gravitas or anything, whatever. Drive shaft is probably over, he says. Um and uh sharing a little too much at first dinner with dad but okay yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean like his dad the dad's story sort of gets him to buy into the idea of what it would be like to not have a career as a musician like maybe just get a regular job job type job and like i said a better actor would make that sale way better but it didn't <laughs> for me i was just like okay if i'm charlie i'm like no nah, i think i'll just keep doing heroin and hoping to be a musician <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now he's making copies. <laughs> you're fired. Yeah. You're fired from the podcast. There was there was gonna be a whole segment of the intro where I was just doing the making copies bit, but I I decided to spare the audience that <laughs> until now. Yeah, yeah. Now, now we're in it. Uh, Charlie bails in the plant, uh, and Tommy cuts him off. Uh, he tells him that like, he explains to him how this like how the whole payout was supposed to work in case we didn't get it. So now Charlie's well aware that he's not going to get any more heroin, which but is a bummer. It, it, if, what, what's his partner's name? I think it's Tommy. Tommy do heroin? Tommy do, yeah, Tommy do heroin. Yeah. Tom, if Tommy do heroin, the fucking mastermind of this is like, oh, you're having dinner with dad? You're, you're, you're like hanging out with them? That's not how a grift works in terms yeah. of we just need something to fence right now for drugs. That should be a bailout. We're done. We're mm-hmm. moving on to mm-hmm. something else. But he's like, oh, I don't all date now if you're serious about this, Governor. <laughs> like, it's so fucking contrived. Yeah, I mean, it feels like if, there, if there's a second date, it's already not working, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you couldn't make this work after the one night stand. You're not going to make it after dinner with dad. Such a horrible grift. Cut back to Boone falling asleep on guard duty. No, no, stop. Yep. It cuts back to Boone dual wielding a spear and a knife and looking menacingly out into the woods. And that is currently the desktop of my computer is a screenshot of that. It's the, my favorite scene in lost up to this point. Boone has something to prove and he's going to kill it with two knives, one in each fucking hand. Well, he's not because he falls asleep on guard. (laughs) Tom, you've spent some time in the woods. Would you? Oh man, I, this is Would, this is. I gotta confess, I have fallen asleep on guard duty before. Oh, <laughs> wait, what Happens, were you going against? You know, the you know, the the the, <laughs> no. the, the, if, the, the great Mississippi the River <laughs> and, all, and all of that that entails. <laughs> the, this plan is like supposed to last forever, right? Like the idea, like based on the amount that they fear Ethan, their mm-hmm. plan is to now do this in perpetuity, right? Like have guards up at night forever. Like until they get him, I guess. Yeah. At some point, someone was gonna fall asleep on duty. Yeah. Like that was gonna happen. Yeah. Well, you got Boone on shift one. It wasn't yeah. gonna be a great plan. When, when yeah. he volunteered, like at, at, uh, several scenes earlier, he was like, "I'll, I'll take a guard." Like, yeah, desperate to prove something, and then, but then Locke mm-hmm. is just like, "Yeah, let the let 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 him play." Yeah, uh, he's got that dad. I mean, at least Boone's always volunteering. Yeah, like he yeah. knows he's a putz, but he's always like, "I'll try." Yeah. You know, that's yeah. more than we can say for fucking Michael. Hmm. Well, and, and here's the thing about Boone falling asleep on guard duty is that you can't necessarily say that Ethan getting into the camp and killing Scott, Steve, whoever, was necessarily the uh, a consequence of Boone falling asleep. No, because they said that like, oh, he snuck in from the sea. You know, he came from the ocean. The one place we weren't looking like it wouldn't have mattered if Boone was awake or asleep or dead or like whatever. Like Ethan was getting in either way. Right. Exactly. Well, and and when uh, John and Saeed run up to, oh, you know, the the tripwire went off by Boone and it ends up being Vincent the dog. Mm-hmm. But Saeed and John Locke don't even ask Boone if he's okay. They're just like, look at this fucking putz. He tripped over. Did you stab yourself with your fucking spear there, guy? Like, they're just like, oh, he's fine. Good. And, and uh, apparently, yeah, like you said earlier, Vincent was apparently missing because um, they're like, oh, it looks like we were found another whatever. And then we yeah. hear a scream and then we find out that, yeah, Ethan snuck in and murdered Scott, a background yeah. survivor. Her- Hurley does his best at an impromptu eulogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, t- he says what he knows about him. He worked at a uh, internet company in Santa Cruz. He doesn't know how to end them. Amen, I guess. 
yeah, we come back to the caves. Claire's like, why won't anybody talk to me? Um, Shannon is like, you didn't know? And then she finally dishes uh, and spills um, that, yeah, apparently Ethan's just going to be up here murdering people until Claire uh, Claire gets back into his hot little hands. Um, she gets pissed at Charlie for not telling Rightfully her. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. If I were on this island, every time somebody kept something for me, I would I would fly off the handle constantly. They would know me as the fly off yeah. the handle survivor. They'd be like, why are you telling me? And then, like, they'd have to lock me up because like that guy's crazy. And be like, you guys are all crazy. <laughs> It's like, yeah. we were only here for about a week, and that guy went, uh, like, island nuts. <laughs> uh, Claire, you know, she's 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 very right. She has every reason to be mad at Charlie for this, like, oh, I'm protecting you. Fuck you. You're you're keeping me in the dark. You're keeping me, you know, uninformed, which is more dangerous than, mm-hmm. than me not being protected, whatever the hell that means. Yep. Uh, I just can't take her seriously, because... Yelling in an Australian accent just sounds silly. Wow. <laughs> okay, you guys know Claire better than I do, but do you think that if Charlie told her everything, that she would have willingly surrendered herself to Ethan? Uh, no, I don't. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think know. So. She, she wouldn't have willingly surrendered herself to Ethan, but I think uh, she would have been interested in finding a way to help she she's never like even though like she like claire in what we've seen of her i mean she has an obvious um thing that that makes her a little bit less capable of uh contributing in that in the fact that like the first month that they're on the island she's pregnant she can't she can't lift anything heavy she can't walk around she can't whatever so like um, right but beyond if if she weren't pregnant when she's not pregnant when we see her in later seasons she is contribute she is contributing she wants to contribute she wants to be helpful i don't fucking believe it <laughs> so wow so much so much claire hate but uh, well and and in this episode she has amnesia right mm-hmm. so or, mm-hmm. or some sort of memory so, loss. she has so far amnesia which is that uh type yeah. of amnesia that you only get that you forget the last three weeks and then you get your memory back uh, the next episode <laughs> Which they even call it out in the show, right? Yeah. Like, is it yeah. John, John Locke? Or is it right? It's Who's like Saeed? He's like, how many times have you ever diagnosed real yeah. amnesia? And Jack's like, well, right. yeah. it's rare. It happened three times when yeah. I was on Party of Five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a three-episode arc. Um, but uh, so, from from Claire's point of view, all she knows up to this point let's let's forget the last month or whatever that they've been on the island. All she knows is. Here's this group of survivors. Mm-hmm. They're seemingly nice to me. They're mm-hmm. concerned for the, my welfare and the welfare of my unborn child. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to have some resources. They're not eating each other. Yeah. Um, so my choice is these folk or some guy wants to fucking drag me off into the woods. I mean, the the choice is pretty clear. You know, like, yeah, I'm sticking around here. Like, right. I, I, I don't. I don't think that there would be any reason why she would willingly go to Ian because especially if she gets her memory back, she'd be like, well, fuck no, of course right. I don't want to unless something has happened while she was with Ethan that we're not privy to. Right. So, well, so I think the, I mean, I guess the counter argument is if she doesn't turn herself in, if she knows and doesn't turn herself in, then she like could potentially feel morally responsible for each murder at Ethan's hands. Right. Oh, okay. Well, and th- and that's why I'm saying I think if she once, especially once she realized that somebody had actually died because yeah, they because nobody told her, her why people were dying. Like yeah, at that point I'd be like, no, I I we need I I I'm not saying that she would volunteer to surrender herself to Ethan. I'm saying that she would be interested in talking to, uh, you know, Jack and Locke and Saeed about what they can do to stop him like she would want to yeah yeah okay which is exactly what happens and (laughs) you know she she has a a a very exactly your your same argument like no this is stupid why we're doing this like use me as bait and let's go get this son of a bitch like yeah fuck yeah claire let's do that which if they had filled her in on what was happening they could have done before scott died Yeah. yeah flashback charlie's finally starting to hurt uh, it's been a couple of days uh whatever since he fixed up so he's starting to get sick um but he's going to go sell a copier um oh my god but like he's hurting bad enough now that he realizes that maybe this was an idiotic idea uh and so he swipes the churchill thing um 
He says something about like, oh, you know, you didn't have to get me this suit. Yeah, she didn't, because that suit does not fit you, my guy. <laughs> does not fit. <laughs> the, the, uh, the shirt needs to uh, be taken in around the neck. That, that uh, looks like it's your big brother's suit. It, 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 maybe it was her dad's suit. And he's like, oh, you didn't have to give me this suit from your dad's closet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I look like a child now. I, I look like a child who is having heroin trouble. Uh, so we cut back to the back to the beach or the, wherever the island somewhere. Um, Jack... Uh, Jack is like that. Jack and Locke have another like. Oh, this isn't gonna work. What are we gonna do? Like he brings up what you said, Tom. Or oh, we're just gonna do this forever now. Like we have to stop him. Yeah. And so Jack is like, well, maybe we can fucking blast him. And he takes him off into the jungle and gives him a pistol from a stash of four guns from a little metal case that apparently the marshal had. The 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 little like look around that they both do where, where John's kind of looking around and Jack's like peeking around a rock like don't we got some cool shit going on here man hey you want to see something hey you know, check this shit out um I'm sorry I'm sorry I have to do this I'm sorry I have to do this, this there's is be another major segment. continuity issues oh. with the guns okay now go ahead uh cause in that case John has some sort of nickel plated gun mm-hmm. a sig mm-hmm. a beretta and a 1911, mm-hmm. which typically 1911s are 45s. They mm-hmm. do come in nine millimeter. They're a little more rare. Um, but then later on, when the whole thing happens with Ethan, they have two nickel plated guns, mm-hmm. one that Saeed has and mm-hmm. one that Jack has, even though it switches in his hands because in one shot he has a burden and the next shot he has a nickel plated gun. <laughs> uh, so there's, uh, I hope the continuity director is well rested because they <laughs> took a week off for the shoot. <laughs> There's also a shot on the beach where, like, the same woman walks by twice with sticks. So, anyways. She's just carrying sticks back and forth. It's part of her job as a survivor. Mm-hmm. That's her survivor job. Move the sticks. I'm Stick sh- carrier. <laughs> Locke, Saeed Jack, Charlie, Claire get together and they, they now the, here's the plan we're gonna bait ethan with claire claire's in claire's sold she doesn't want anybody else to die uh charlie wants in they're like have you ever fired a gun before no he's better i got i fired up heroin um um <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well, this the, the 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 vomiting flashback happens real quick here, oh, which is right, like played yeah. for laughs. But I was I I, I thought this moment was so tragic. <laughs> like, it's, it's got goofy music. Uh, yeah, the, the and like the with bass the stopwatch. <laughs> yeah, it, the, the bass hits like when it cuts back to him on the island, and it's yeah. there's so many scenes that linger in this episode. Like you guys really were just like fuck. We got. 15 more pages to fill on this piece of shit. Let's go. Uh, Tom, Tom, quick question. Have you either, uh, one, puked during a job interview or two, puked into a printer? Neither. I've done neither of those things. Uh, Adam, we need to get some more diverse guests on the show. Yeah. Uh, this was not relatable content for me. <laughs> uh yeah they cut back to yeah the dumbest cut between flashback and island thing where they yeah they just linger on charlie's face at right after he embarrassed himself at this job interview i was like what the fuck is happening um they yeah they head back to the beach to find sawyer uh they need another gun and it's gonna be sawyer uh jack's like you used one of these before he's like i think i know a pair of polar bear that would say yes exactly yep Mm -hmm. i mean it's true um we we have another mo- we have another moment of somebody just like wanting to be involved. Kate's like, "I'm gonna come," and Jack's like, "No, we don't have enough guns." And, and Sawyer's like, "I have an extra gun." Yes. No. Okay. Nice. Hold on. First of all, it's gun show and tell because I like that because I oh y'all you got guns, Doc. Check this out. But he said that it was the gun from the marshal. Mm. Didn't Kate dismantle that and throw it in the jungle? Uh, in the pilot she she definitely took it apart after uh, she snatched it off sawyer after sawyer shot the polar bear yes so that so did he go back into the jungle and go get find the gun parts maybe maybe she didn't throw it away maybe she gave him part maybe she gave him the frame frame and said the slide or something i don't know Together, but so. I, re- I remember in the pilot where you um, you were like noah asked what kind of gun it was and you said uh, he says is it a glock and you're like i'm pretty sure it's a sig nailed it the sig yeah yeah <laughs> but uh didn't we talk out later on that it was a sig 40 not a because sig that's what you were yeah right because it's what u.s marshals carry right. and he says oh you you got more nine millimeter so again uh i'm glad that the armor and the continuity director had a nice <laughs> week off in in hawaii because 
there's some inconsistencies. They, Sawyer gives Kate the spare piece. Uh, they she joins the thing, and it's just like, why? What do you give a fuck for? Like, yes, we want to protect Claire and everything like that, but like, we got four guys with guns against one guy. Like, if the four of them can't handle it, five of you are not going to handle it. Like, Kate, <laughs> stay on the beach. But I, I do love that they're like, oh, Kate wants to join? Yeah, we'll give her a gun. Charlie's still <laughs> sitting there on the beach like, wait, you guys had an extra gun and I still got to sit here? <laughs> Kate only killed a man with an oven. Like, <laughs> Is there any reason why you like wouldn't want Kate to go along? I just don't understand what her motivation is to pile on. She Like every time they go anywhere, like somebody always wanders up and is like, oh, don't leave without me or I'm coming too or whatever. And then they always have a con- like they, it's the conversation that always happens. I want to come. You can't come. But I want to know why. Yeah, why fair. are we having this conversation? Mm-hmm. Why are you like if they want to come, let them or why do you I just, it's whatever. We said this in the pilot. If all of the conversations where uh, somebody said, I want to come and somebody else said, I can't come. If it all got cut, the show would be a season shorter. <laughs> uh, they set up the trap and wait. Uh, Big Bad Ethan shows up. They catch him. Um, and yeah, we have this pretty badass fight scene in the rain where like Jack. Yeah, Jack gets his revenge from all the best cowboys and beats the piss out of him. I mean, as, yeah, but as best Ethan's not. Ethan's not just going down. No. I mean, even when he's on the ground, Jack lands like three or yeah. four big body punches to his face. Like he's putting his entire weight mm-hmm. into it, and Ethan's still like, "Is that the best you get?" Right. But yeah, so uh, they're, they're gonna get ready to question him or whatever. But <laughs> Charlie picks up the j- gun that Jack dropped there in the fight and blasts him and kills Ethan. So frustrating. It felt like the end of seven, where it's like all you had to do was not shoot him. <laughs> You get some answers, you know. Yeah. Uh, while I, I did write in my note, Charlie, you're worthless, but nice grouping. <laughs> <laughs> All five in the ten, right? Yeah, really nice. <laughs> and yeah, I it was really unclear what their plan was because if if the idea is that Claire just like happens to be out walking by herself, and Ethan is like lucky to be stumbling upon her. Like, isn't that sort of obvious considering they like just last night they had like set up this huge defense? Like, why would she be out by, by herself? Or if the idea is that they're like handing Claire over, then like why does she scream and run when she sees him? Yeah, right. Like, and, and, yeah, that was my thought too. And when Ethan first rung Charlie up, he was like, I want her back and I want you to bring her to me. Yeah. Like, if that was like, if they were trying to make it look like they were handing her off, why didn't Charlie walk her out to there and just like, say hey Ethan we're here like well and and also when she runs if she's in the center of five people with guns like yeah. if she runs off in a direction now everyone has to play catch up if mm-hmm. she just would wait there and let Ethan just grab her or whatever mm-hmm. then everyone can close in at the same time right and it does feel kind of weird like Jack is there right away mm-hmm. and he's like you know scrapping with him mm-hmm. and then like how much time passes before other people show up like kind of well, too much if that's like, like considering much. that yeah, if if your plan specifically was this, like it feels like it was poorly imagined, right? Well, well, Saeed is up in a tree. And also, later on, after everything's over, Shannon is like putting a band-aid on his arm. Saeed didn't fight anybody. He got hurt getting out of the tree. That's so true, yeah. She's like, oh, poor baby. And he's like, oh, I was very brave. Yeah. <laughs> I think as someone who who like didn't know anything else coming into this episode, it feels like a, I don't know, kind of a letdown. Like, I, I think that we're set up to believe that five people with guns are not like guaranteed to win against this guy showing up by himself. Mm-hmm. Right. It felt and like so, the fucking little rascals were against him. Like, <laughs> like and, and like, well, not only that, but then Jack ends up basically taking him down by himself without using his gun. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so like, I guess Ethan is, like, nowhere near as powerful as he was sort of set up to be. Yeah. And it's so strange that it's, like, you have a gun and you decide to body check him and the gun goes flying to where now, potentially, right. he could grab it. Like, yeah. Like, like, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm no expert in gun whatever, but, like, you've said it, uh, JP, in previous episodes about prisoner detention, not keeping weapons yes. near. If you're trying to hold somebody up, you don't get within arm's reach of them so that they can just snatch your gun away. Right. 
Because that's the first thing that that uh, Sawyer does is he gets within arm's reach of him and like points a gun in his face like, don't even think about yeah. a pilgrim or whatever. And it's like, yeah, and I was just t- waiting for Ethan four to... steps back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Create distance. It's a it's accurate within whatever, 10 meters or whatever. Like you don't need to be that close. Right. <sighs> Cut to the whatever, uh, wherever they are. Uh, Jack is like, why'd you do it, Charlie? And he's like, because he deserved to die. And cool. Yes. Fucking psycho. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Cut to flashback. Charlie had to get rescued by EMTs. Uh, the EMTs found the Churchill thing. Um, Lucy's mad, uh, understandably so. Did they buy the printer? That's all I want to know. Because it was set up there as demo. Mm. The sale was pretty much guaranteed. Did they buy the <laughs> fucking printer? Hopefully not that one. Oh no. Um, she she's like, why'd you even do it? Like what's like what the hell? Like she she's understandably confused. Um. And he's just like, I thought maybe I could actually be not a drug addicted, washed up rock star. And I, I understand the impetus there. I mean, like nobody wants to feel, you know, useless or burnt out or, you know, thrown oh, away I do. or so. Yeah. Yeah, I do. That's that's why I started a, a lot rewatch podcast. <laughs> Struggling for meaning in my life. Somewhere. I think that for, sorry, for me, for, for me, for that scene, I feel like there's a near miss. I, I mean, I think that even if it was like, like the best version of that is probably not like an amazing story arc, but no, the idea is like he both steals the thing, which you imagine happens because he like finally cracks and is like, whatever, I can't go through with this. Like I can't do it. I'm just going to like go back to the plan and steal it. Except he steals it and then still goes to sell the printers. Right. Right. And And that's what she's, which, yeah, which, and I don't know that his explanation actually makes sense in that context, because like if you did just want to take care of her and show that you were capable, then why did you steal the thing? Like, like why'd you steal it in the first place? Like like yeah. Yeah. It's and, like and he, he like he, he gave up on the plan to steal it, but then he changed his mind after he had already stolen it or something. I don't know. I mean maybe Yeah, I mean, maybe like it, we, it feels like like narratively we need him to have had it so that he can get caught with it. Right. But like it right. doesn't actually make sense. Right. Well and and the whole the whole line that she says that is supposed to tie all of this together and you're supposed to be like, aha is uh you, uh, you'll never take care of anyone, mm-hmm. but he didn't need to take care of the the Lucy. lady. I forget Lucy. her name. Lucy. He's also not taking care of Claire. He's trying to do this thing where he's sheltering her, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. he's not telling her the truth, which isn't taking care of her. Like he hasn't learned from mm-hmm. his mistakes, unless what that meant was, oh, he took care of Ethan. <laughs> he took care of that guy. You know what I mean? Hey, I take care of him. But like he it, he doesn't seem to have learned from. The, right. the lesson he learned in his flashback. Right. He's still being irresponsible. Yeah. We come to the final scene of the show. Claire wanders up and she says she remembers peanut butter. Um, and she says she wants to trust Charlie. Maybe she can. I don't know. But it's, whatever. So that's homecoming. <laughs> yeah, it has a really soft ending. It's <laughs> it's not that like classic lost cliffhanger. It's just kind of like, well... That's the end of another day on the island. Just another day on the island where somebody murdered somebody. <laughs> and then somebody else yeah. murdered another person. Two murders yeah, yeah. in the last 36 hours. Did we like it? Was it good? Tom, why don't you kick us off? Did you like this uh, episode of Lost? Did you think it was good? I, yeah. So I think for me, the like yardstick or whatever metric for whether or not it was good should be like, does it make me want to go back and watch the show? Mm-hmm. And mm. I think the answer is no. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the correct answer. Yeah, I think that like I think you have to like the story, the arc with Charlie and Lucy. It feels like there's not enough payoff there. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't think that arc quite makes sense. I think because I don't know what the peanut butter thing is that like there's also not really a payoff. There's no arc for me sure. with between Claire and Charlie, and then Ethan, who like that feels like it should be like the big action. Like there also isn't really payoff there. Like it, it, like he's sort of built up to be this really impressive, dangerous figure, mm-hmm. and then Jack just like fights him, and it's kind of over. And we found his one weakness: five bullets to the chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't like it wasn't like they had like a particularly like clever plan and mm-hmm. outsmarted him or like got lucky <laughs> or like they're like just this this guy who you lost in a fight to before this time you won for whatever reason. Let's and that's beat the it. fuck out of him and shoot him. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I I don't feel like there was enough. I don't know. <laughs> payoff yeah. for me to like feel like i need to come back sure much more. yeah that's yeah. fair that's fair uh adam uh yeah i think i would just echo everything tom said um if the yeah if the if the if using that as a metric 
uh, doesn't make me want to watch the next one. We've had episodes where we've got done recording and we were just like, fuck, I want to watch, I want to watch the next one right, right. now. I, I, yeah. We're probably not going to record another episode for a couple weeks and that's fine with me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it, I understand sticking with a format and having some continuity in, in storytelling. Um, trying to tell this story should not have taken a full episode. Um, these flashbacks could have been lumped into somebody else's episode. This this whole bit with Claire was so drug out, and there was so much dead space and dead time that, yeah, this this whole episode kind of feels like a wash. A uh, quick bit of trivia before we move on to Lost MVPs. Um, I found this on Lostpedia. Uh, Damon Lindelof uh, at one point did uh, did an interview for some sort of pop culture blog and admitted that this was his least favorite episode of the entire series. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Like, well, at, at least boy, I lucked out. <laughs> our fingers pretty well on the pulse yeah. then. Like, yeah. like he in the uh, in the interview, he like he talks about how like everybody, like all the fans hated Stranger in a Strange Land from season 3, the Jack's tattoo episode. And he's like, "But this episode is arguably like way worse." It's <laughs> oh. fucking weak. <laughs> so, uh so yeah, well, let's do it. Let's do Lost MVPs. Uh Lost MVP, the the bit of the show where we take our favorite character from just this 45 minutes. Minus context, minus memory, minus anything you might know about anything outside of Homecoming. Uh, Tom, who was your lost MVP? So I, I think my inclination would be to lean towards most likable, which would be probably Lucy. Like she seems like a nice, sweet person. Right. Oh, there you okay. go. But yeah. I think I think like just coming into this as someone who has like no idea what's going on, I may be the most grateful for Claire actually because she provides like a reason for their narrative to sort of like explain something okay like to a newcomer right um jp i know you don't like claire but i, but I do think there's like a clear like narrative purpose here right or like hey okay, thanks for coming on the podcast tom we'll have you back uh never <laughs> no you're, you're absolutely right though she she actually like does some good rational things in this episode yeah, like because she's asking like Jack and Charlie a little bit what's going on, we get like like there's a part in the, right in the beginning where she's like, "Who's Ethan?" and then Charlie has to be like, "Ethan's the bad guy." That's literally what he said. Right, yeah. Like, okay, like there's <laughs> I, I, like some framework now for like what's happening and like, um, I think it would have been like tough without that like bit from Claire. Totally, yeah, totally. Uh, Adam, um, uh, mine. I'm giving it to Edward Mars, the now deceased U.S. Marshal. Uh, <laughs> specifically for needing to bring five guns to Australia to arrest Kate Austin. <laughs> nice. That was all the guns in the country. Uh, JP, how about you? Lost MVP. Uh, there's there's only one as far as I'm concerned, and it's the Heatherton C815 Copy Center. <laughs> Leading scan offerings combine the benefits of document capture with instant delivery anywhere, anytime. Anytime? Yeah. They should get their own spinoff. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, uh, he's so far into this fucking grift that he remembered the sales pitch. You're <laughs> such a bad fucking grifter. <laughs> uh, oh my god. This bit lost forever. Uh, this 45 minutes just here in Homecoming, minus your memories, minus your context, minus anything like that. Who could you seriously have done without Tom? Lost forever. Well, so my, my honorable mention for worse would be Charlie because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, killing Ethan seems like a bad idea. Like, that's kind of unnecessary. Like, you should so at least try. So fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, obviously, he's not great at the grift. Like, I don't know. Um, th- there's, like, some good reason to not like him, I think. Yeah. But I mm-hmm. think I have to give Lost Forever to Tommy U. Heroin. He seems like a real good friend, <laughs> selfish, bad influence, no real redeeming qualities. So he gets a thumbs down. <laughs> I'm going to go on Lostpedia and change his name to Tommy Tommy Doherty. But I'm going to spell it like really fucking French. (laughs) Uh, Adam, Lost Forever. Uh, Boone. For no real good reason. I mean, but he, I I could easily tie him with uh, Shannon and... uh, I don't know. Like there were, I, I also read in the trivia for this episode. This is the first time that the first episode in a couple of episodes that had featured the entire primary cast. Yeah, oh. it's stacked. But like a bunch of them didn't do anything. So who? Why were they even yeah. there? Like Shannon could have yeah. easily not been there. <laughs> like, I, which one is Shannon? Right. Exactly. Good. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that that's not just for this episode. That's for the show. Okay. <laughs> Shannon. Uh, uh, JP lost forever. Uh, I'm going to say Claire only because when she was uh, yelling at Charlie, she said, 
that she didn't like being left in the dark, and she missed the opportunity to do a scent of a woman. Charlie, I'm in the dark here. I'm in the dark. And I just cannot let that sort of thing go. I also yeah. have the the audio of Noah Totsky screaming that at the top of his lungs, so I will post that on our social media. <laughs> Great. Uh, final little bit here, burning questions. Uh, if you don't have one, that's all right. Uh, we just if, if there was something brought up in the episode that uh, didn't get answered and you hope gets answered uh, in the future or was answered in a previous episode, uh, this would be the time to ask it. Tom, did you have a burning question? So I, my speculation, and let me know if you think this is off, is that, that the writers probably want our burning question at this point to be, why did Ethan want Claire? Do we know that? Yeah. Or is that just me? Who's... I, no, we that's, don't know. that's yeah. very valid. Yeah. I mean, we don't know on this podcast, but I assume we also don't know on the show either. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I do feel like narratively, that's like the big question. Mm-hmm. I, I think as a viewer, I mean, for, for me, it could be like, who is Ethan? Like, there's, there's like not enough questions. <laughs> they, they asked it enough times, enough characters basically asked uh, some version of that question where I have to Im- imagine that they, we as the viewers of watching this in chronological order wouldn't also know exactly what sure. Ethan wanted. Uh, Adam, burning questions? Uh, w- only because we did see this in all the cowboy, uh, all the best cowboys, um, Locke and Boone found that thing out in the out in the jungle. The the what ends up being the hatch, uh, and then mm-hmm. earlier in the episode, Boone is like, "We were way out, th- we're way out there beyond whatever." Like, are the two of them still fucking around with that? Like, oh, is that still yeah. happening out? Like, what's going on there? Um, yeah. I know that that does get answered at some point, but yeah, like this is five episodes after that, like. That's going to be a thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, JP? Uh, where are they getting all the fuel for these torches? There's a lot of torches <laughs> all over the place. I don't know what the fuck they're burning. I mean, kerosene only bl- burns for a couple of minutes. So I, don't, I, I just want to know what they're using. Yeah, that's a good question. Tom, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure, man. Coming along, being lost with us on Lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tom, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I'm not really in the like podcast world or anything. So, well, is Just, there uh, the the center you're doing research for? Is there like a place people can donate to that? <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, no, no, I think I, should, I mean we're on grants. I think we're okay. But if I mean, I, I, should I plug my research? Yeah, you, there yeah, should, yeah. You should. Like, I mean, if there's go stuff on Google Scholar, <laughs> um, <laughs> and look up an article called "You Know What Should Count as an Endangered Species." by okay. Tom Offer Westort. There you go. And Hell yeah. yeah. That's a recent research of mine that might be interesting. Cool. Very awesome. cool. Uh, uh, Adam, Adam, note, uh, note, write this down, write this down. Get grant for podcast? <laughs> grants. Question mark. Podca- <laughs> podcasting grants? Question mark. Good call. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Good, 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 good. <laughs> now, we, then, not that we won't have to continue to lean so heavily on that lactate sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we forgot to do our sponsor. Uh, we'll, sponsor we'll do it after break. break. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, thank you again, uh, Tom, for being on the show. Yes, thank um, you. Thanks for having me. And if you at home are trying to be lost with us, please check out our next episode. We will be watching season one, episode 18, just a couple episodes after this one. Uh, numbers featuring Hugo Hurley Reyes. Awesome. So come Very check good. that out. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Lost on Lost. Uh, I'm Adam. I'm JP. Do you have any idea what's going on in this show? Nope. Me neither. Lost on Lost is produced and edited by Adam Butcher and JP Russell. Recorded on location in Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Los Angeles, California. Our show is hosted at Podbean. Find us there or wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks to Danny Schmitz of Lost in a Name for our theme music. Lostpedia and the community of contributors there. Random.org for creating the watch order. Check out our Facebook page, Lost on Lost, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at Lost on Lost 1. Don't follow those jerks at Lost on Lost 2. You can also email us at wearelostonlost at gmail.com. If you like what we're getting into here, buy us a coffee at coffee.com slash we are lost on lost. That's ko-fi.com slash we are lost on lost. 